Today's episode of Spawn is brought to you by Kid Pick, a fun, custom-styled fashion box full of head-to-toe girls' clothing, including footwear and accessories for girls 3 to 12. Visit kidpick.com, that's K-I-D-P-I-K.com, to order. Welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Liz Gumbener. And I'm Kristen Chase, and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. On today's episode of Spawned, we're going to be talking about kids and social media. Don don dong. Yeah. Yeah, this is a big one. <laughs> and of course, we'll have our cool picks of the week, hopefully to lighten things up by the end. <laughs> what do you mean, Liz? This isn't going to be a fun, lighthearted conversation? <laughs> so this is fascinating, actually. Yes. This, so when we talked about maybe doing this topic, I said to you, oh, this crazy thing happened last week before vacation. My daughter was in her humanities class. She's in sixth grade, which is middle school in Brooklyn. And her teacher said, okay, who here gets their news from Snapchat? And every single kid raised their hand except my daughter and one other boy. That's insane. They're 11. But I believe 11 it. 11 years old. I have a seventh grader. So. Yeah. Did I become like that parent? The only one who's like, well, but everyone else jump off the Brooklyn Bridge? Would you too? Yeah, but I think <laughs> it, when we were young, it was like, you know, wearing like a tube top. <laughs> it wasn't we like have those issues photos. <laughs> but yeah, I was really surprised, like Snapchat of all things. And my question was, how many of the parents know that their kids are using it and more importantly, know how their kids are using it? Because I will just give you a spoiler. I know that a lot of my daughter's friends' parents don't know how they're using it. Okay, well, that's different. I think around here... So I'm in the burbs of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and my daughter's in seventh grade. Middle school here is seven, eight, and nine. Mm-hmm. I will say everybody was on Snapchat, and I'm pretty sure all the parents knew. But I get the sense from talking to other moms, especially when their oldest is the middle schooler, right? Like they don't have older kids that are teens and in college. So their right. oldest child is just starting middle school. Right. They know the they're 12-year-old guinea pig. Exactly. But they don't know about it. They don't know what it does. And they certainly don't know how their kids are using it. And, you know, I think for both of us, that that freaks us out. That freaks yeah, me well, out. You know, honestly, the challenge with kids in social media is kids are going to figure out new ways to use it. But they're going to be ahead of us every single time. Like the way we've learned that kids are now using Instagram DMs as basically their texting app. Yeah. I mean, that's how they all communicate. And I just use it to say hi. <laughs> and then I'm I like, know. could you please email me or text exactly. me? Because I don't want to do it on here. <laughs> please don't DM me. I never check this. <laughs> Exactly. The famous last words, I never check this. So I'm really glad we're talking about this because I think as a lot of our listeners, kids are starting to become older, like even mid-elementary, it's good to know about this stuff because honestly, by the time your kids are eight or nine, if you haven't started having these conversations yet, really, you're already late. So don't just think that you need to talk about this stuff when your kids are in middle school. You know, it's like we've said, the tech talk is the new sex talk, right? Yeah. I mean, we say it over and over again, and I think you can't start too early with this kind of stuff. You know, there's a whole conversation to be had that's related to this, but separate in a way in terms of when kids are getting smartphones. Yeah. And, you know, we could talk a little bit about that. But I know, you know, from our standpoint, my older kids do have smartphones. 
phones and they are very locked down. I mean, my son who's 10 has one, but he can't even get on Safari. He can't Google. He can't do any of that stuff. It's really for him to be able to communicate with his dad when he's with me and with me when he's with his dad. And so he actually doesn't even have apps on there. Well, plus a lot of social networks are also just on desktop, you know, when kids are doing work. So it's not just about smartphones, but yes, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to present this without judgment. Okay, Okay, but listen, no one's using Instagram on desktop. Kids aren't on Facebook. <laughs> and okay, me and you, okay, but we're also like not 12. And <laughs> you can't use Snapchat on desktop. So yes, that is I think true. we're really talking about phones here. And so I think we should just address that and say from our standpoint, you know, that's my decision. That's why my kids have phones and I very carefully did lock them down. So let's just kind of move right into this without judgment. And I'm saying this now for anybody who's going to be reading about this on our Facebook page. I don't want to hear comments like, back in our day, we didn't need smartphones. <laughs> so we're just skipping right past that argument and that discussion, which we've talked about before on Spawned. And we're just going to jump right into social networking because it's a fact of life. It's the deal that most kids, as seen by my daughter's class last week, are on social media to various degrees. And so let's just jump in and talk about what it is, what we can do, how we set our rules, and maybe how we can help some parents navigate this kind of scary world. Okay, well, let's talk first about what apps kids are using, because the way that we consume technology and social networking is really not how kids are. Right. And I think that presents a huge challenge. I mean, it presents a huge challenge with me just knowing how listeners and our site readers, you know, they are doing so much on mobile, and I am on my computer all day, so I don't do as much on my phone. So I think that rule applies to kids. Yeah. But there's Certainly not on Facebook. <laughs> that we right. know. <laughs> well, a lot of parents are like, should my kids be on Facebook? And I'm like, your kids don't want to be on Facebook because you're on Facebook. Because we Facebook took it over. Your, yeah, it's your parents' social network. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, some kids are using Twitter. I see a lot of high school kids in particular sometimes, you know, discovering stuff that we've posted. I'm like, get off Twitter, you kids. <laughs> it's during the day. Go back to school. Yeah, why are you on Twitter? Um, College students, I think, especially are using Twitter, but even high school students. But certainly Instagram. Yes. Snapchat is a huge one. Huge. Uh, Tumblr, I think that... Tumblr's pretty big with teens, especially, because it's such an easy way to kind of post, reblog, get followers, and get that kind of satisfaction of seeing how many people have liked or shared something you've written. Yes. So, um, you know, it's funny. I don't think of Tumblr often, but my daughter has often said, like, oh, you know, so-and-so has a Tumblr. So I oh, think that's, that's something parents should look at that, okay. that maybe is a little off the radar. Okay. Definitely YouTube. Oh, yeah. YouTube is like... the internet to our kids. The way Facebook to parents is the internet. Yeah. YouTube is our kids' internet. Yeah. And talk to me about Musical.ly. Are your kids on Musical.ly? Do they use that? No. My kids are on almost nothing, which we'll talk about. But I know a lot of their friends are. So for those of you who don't know Musical.ly, it's musical.ly. It's really a social sharing video app that lets you lip sync to songs. Like, look, even Katy Perry is on it. It's really blown up. It's pretty big. Well, then if Katy Perry's on it, Liz. (laughs) (laughs) My kids like Katy Perry. Mine do too. I like Katy Perry too. Yeah. So anyway, Musical.ly is a big one and definitely one to watch out for because, you know, a lot of kids think, hey, let's get really provocative when we lip sync to music videos because we can get famous and go viral. So it's kind of like a shortcut to YouTube. Yeah. And so then we've got others. We've got Yik Yak, Quiz Up, which a yeah. lot of people don't realize. And then the live streaming apps like Periscope, which is connected to Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook both have live features. Mm-hmm. And then you've got live live.ly and house party. And I should say this, especially about Musical.ly, Mm -hmm. but I think others on this list too, is that 
parents don't realize that these are actually social networks. And I think Musical.ly is a tricky one because you think, oh, they're just doing lip sync videos. Guess what? They can message each other. They can leave comments. I've seen lots of situations where parents have had to step in because they're getting nasty messages, mean comments, people getting bullied on Musical.ly. So keep in mind that it might not seem like a social network, but so many of these apps have that feature because that's what everybody wants. Plus, hey, privacy, location settings. I mean, I had one of my daughter's, uh, let's say, former friends over here once. She's in our apartment and she just turns on Musical.ly and starts like broadcasting. I'm like, excuse me, are you filming my home with your location <laughs> settings on and putting it on social media? I did not give you permission to do this. Yes, because if you are, can I just move these throw pillows and can you shoot that again? <laughs> <laughs> Let me clean up this corner. <laughs> but no, seriously. Can I throw my takeout boxes? I, it was yeah. like she hadn't learned boundaries, so we can talk about that too. But I uh, but I'm really glad you brought up the point that a lot of parents don't realize apps can be social networks. Like Quiz Up, for example, when that first started, it was just like a way for kids to answer like Harry Potter quizzes or, you know, Rubik's Cube quizzes, like whatever, crazy trivia. And it was fun. Well, since then, they've added so much social functionality that actually it's the one that my daughter's on because she's found a uh, channel in there. I don't even know if that's the right term, a channel, a category that's all about uh certain manga and anime characters she really likes and so they share their artwork and they connect with each other and they have art contests and so you know you may think your kids are just on some little trivia app and actually they are using it as social network but I'm not so concerned with that one so far that's been like the good baby step for us (laughs) that's great but you know people wouldn't know they'd be like oh it's a quiz app yay sure go for it exactly well listen do you let your kids on social media why don't we talk about what we do and what our boundaries are because we're both different yeah absolutely my old kids are 12 and 10 and my oldest was the first one to get a phone and I let her on Instagram probably about a year and a half ago because she wanted to share her artwork and so Mm -hmm. I did allow her to have a public account I know she's under the terms of service age but I did allow her to do that and I gave her a huge long spiel as you can probably imagine Liz my soapbox my blow-up soapbox talking about photos are forever what you text there is forever interestingly enough At the time, I do not think Instagram had that direct message feature when she got on. And that's a point not to, like, digress, but apps add features with updates. And so you have to stay current. I know that wasn't there. And then it became a feature. There certainly wasn't Instagram Live or even, you know, Boomerang or even like the video features when we first were on Instagram. So yeah, that's a a long time ago, back in the the ice (laughs) ages of Instagram. 2014. (laughs) (laughs) So she was allowed to only post her artwork. She could not put photos of her face or any indication of herself, just like her artwork. And her username is not her real name. Exactly. Yes. Like not her name, address, and phone number as her username. (laughs) Social security, school name. So that was really the only one that she was allowed to be on. Um, But then as it turned out, and I think this is what's important and one of the rules that I look at is it's fluid, right? So you're like, okay, you can get on this with some boundaries or a lot of boundaries. We'll see how it goes. For us, it went fine for a while. Mm -hmm. But as it turned out, and I didn't know this, a few of her friends had been banned from Instagram. Their parents had banned them. Their parents banned them. Yes, for making bad decisions. And so they asked Quinlan, hey, Quinlan, can I get on your phone and use my account? And of course, Quinlan's like, okay, like, what Uh, are you going to do? Well, then 
they were messaging, and oh my gosh, I found some of these messages. Oh no. They were a little horrifying to me. They weren't my daughter's, they were someone else's. And so then we ended up having the talk of. But it was through guess her account or their account? It was through their account, but it was okay. on her phone. And so yeah. I said, wow, you could be responsible for this. You could be part of this if someone found this and thought it was inappropriate or whatever. So we decided that we did not need to be on Instagram anymore. And so currently, None of my children are on any social networks that I know of. <laughs> wow. I think yep. that's great. For me, there was some massive, massive issues with bullying among the girls in my school's class this year. And some of it was really aggressive and horrible, which I won't get into because that's a whole other episode. And some of it was just, I think, good kids kind of making poor choices. Or like you're mm-hmm. saying, you know, yeah. they're grounded and they, you know, ask someone to do something and there's peer pressure. And, you know, some of it is just, you know, let's give them a break. They're 11, 12 years old. They're still learning. They're still figuring things out. I mean, parents are still figuring this stuff out, let alone kids, right? Right. So so I understand there's still, you know, just some maybe poor choices from otherwise good kids. But because of that, I said to my daughter, you know what? I don't want you to be on social networks until your friends are a little more trustworthy. Like, in fact, when she was in fifth grade, she had a really tight group of fabulous friends and middle school blew up. And so I would have been more comfortable with her having Instagram a year ago, actually, than in middle school. So that's something to consider also is that, you know, I think as girls especially hit those like kind of preteen teen years, things change, groups change. And so what I explained to her, because she's dying to have Instagram also to share her art. Actually, I'm going to be glad to tell her that Quinlan's account is gone because that's one of the reasons she wants it. She's always like, Mom, Quinlan has it. Yeah, not anymore. (laughs) So, you know, one of the things I said is, listen, here's the deal. You're already dealing with managing, you know, kids who make bad choices or say bad things or they have sleepovers and don't invite one person or somebody's making crank calls and pretending it's from someone else or they're, you know, using no caller ID to call and hang up. I mean, the stuff kids are doing with their phones is like unbelievable to me at this age. Yeah. Fortunately, I will say my daughter has an incredibly strong sense of right and wrong and has not really gotten involved with that stuff. But it's really it's torturous because her friends are doing things and there's a lot of pressure. So I said to her, listen, social media is just like one more pressure-y thing that you don't need to deal with. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm just going to have a private Instagram account, share my art, and it will just be like you and grandma and just my close friends. And I said, wait, because here's what will happen. You're going to want to share it one day with your best friend and say, look, here's my Instagram account. And she'll say, oh, that's so cool. And you'll say, don't tell anyone. And she'll say, no problem. And a week later, she tells someone. Yeah. And now you've got somebody else in class saying, hey, I didn't know you had an Instagram account. Why aren't you inviting me into your account? And then you feel bad and you invite them in. Next thing you know, you've got all these people in your account. And now there's the drama of, oh, how come you liked her thing and you didn't like my thing? How come you posted pictures of this sleepover party and I wasn't invited? And it just creates so much more drama. So, you know, as much as she wants it, I have to be the parent and not the friend right now and say no because I'm sparing you from a lot of hell (laughs) and you'll thank me later. And what this lends itself to is a couple things. And one of them, which it really bothers me, is that it's become so normalized. And so people who aren't on it are feeling left out. And that's a legitimate feeling for them because there's a lot that's happening with friends on Instagram, on Snapchat, 
and it's become so normalized. But you brought up a couple points. I just want to say this. Yeah. We are not the only ones that are saying that social media isn't smart for middle school kids. It was actually in Psychology Today. Oh, I'm going to show her that. Yes. (laughs) Some light reading over breakfast. We're not the only ones. This is a recent article, and I just want to pull out a couple things for parents that are listening. Because, number one, they said a tween's more is better mentality is a dangerous match for social media. Wow. So this whole, do they really have 1,400 friends? Do they really need to be on a nine hours a day? Social media allows and encourages them to overdo their friend connections like they tend to overdo other things in their lives. So that's one that point. That makes perfect and the other sense thing, because Thalia always says, Mom, this week my obsession is Undertale. Mom, this week I have a new obsession. Like, they, like yes. she calls them obsessions in kind of a right. self-deprecating way. So I can see where that would lead to like yet another obsession. And the other thing that they mentioned, they mentioned it a lot. So we'll post this article because it's really fascinating. But one of the things that stood out to me was... They say social media was not designed for middle schoolers. Surprise! The tween's <laughs> underdeveloped frontal cortex can't manage the distraction nor the temptations that come with social media wow. use. So this is yes. like a brain issue for real. Yeah, it's a brain issue. And you know what? I really agree with it. I agree with it. We've been on a pretty much no screen diet at my house. And I have to say that not having screens for about three weeks. Now, my oldest still has her phone because she needs to use it for school, actually. Yeah. But my others have not. They only use it to text their dad and to listen to podcasts and to take photos. Are they listening to Spawned? (laughs) No, but I might make them because we're having this conversation. No, they're listening to all kinds of other great podcasts. Not as good as ours, of course. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe more appropriate for 10-year-olds. Yes, exactly. Um, But, you know, I think it's been interesting to see the difference with them not having screens in terms of their sleep level. Uh. I mean, they are sleeping so much better. Wow. Yeah, so I I do think there's something to that whole brain thing. And I will say, we are on screens. (laughs) So this is like a non-judgy podcast. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was. So we were, but it was just taken over for us. We created like a little charging station area by the TV, and at night now all devices go in and get charged overnight so they can't end up in their bed. They can't end up like checking their stuff at six in the morning. That's That's what you have to do. Yeah, so we, we yeah, certainly have rules, but my kids definitely are on screens. Probably they could be a little less. But again, like that's the decisions we made for our kids with social media. Everyone's different. And obviously, most people are different because, you know, 26 out of 28 kids plus the teacher and my daughter's humanity class are on Snapchat. So why don't we talk about maybe the questions we yeah. ask ourselves and we ask our kids before you make the decision to go on to social media. Because maybe if your kids are already on, this will help you kind of fine-tune your policies or figure out maybe your kids should be off some of the networks that they're on right now. Yeah, yeah. So the first thing is, I think you've just got to look at your own kid honestly. Not like the, you know, awesome, perfect parent with the awesome, perfect kid that we know you have. But, like, realistically, are your kids responsible? Do they respect boundaries? Do they respect rules? I mean, we all know which kids kind of cheat and get around the rules, but they're so charming and we let them get away with it. And which kids really have like the fear of God in them from their parents. So I think you've got to ask yourself really honestly, can my kid handle this? And will they respect the rules that I set down? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely number one. And 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 I think, you know, to your point, the whole tech talk needs to have happened. And so you should ask yourself, has that happened? How aware are my kids of rules? 
struggles and potential pitfalls and the challenges that come with social media and just tech in general, right? Yeah, and especially if you have older kids, guess what? If they're applying to colleges, they're looking at their social media. Oh, yeah. So I think, you know, kids imagine that this is all insular, like it's living in their phone literally, right? Like they just don't have a concept of where else this is going. Well, yeah. They're like, it's in my phone. And even if it's public versus private, I don't think a lot of kids understand that. So, you know, for me, it's like, are they ready? So you're saying, are they responsible? So my thing is, are they actually ready? Have you explained to them? I mean, I do this all the time, especially when my daughter goes to like a dance Mm -hmm. with her friends. I give her the spiel and she kind of rolls her eyes, but she also knows it's coming. And so she's like, all right, go ahead, mom. And I tell her, you know, people need your permission to take your photo. Ask them how they're going to use it. If they're taking your photo, I don't mess around, Liz. I don't mess around. We have the same thing. My daughter has gone up to kids and said, did you just take my picture? Is that on Snapchat? You need to not send that. I'm sure that's made her lots of friends, by the way. (laughs) But But she she knows that like I would ask those questions and I have no problem like calling those parents and being like, hey, maybe you need to just like have a talk with your kid about how they're using Snapchat. And some of the parents are like, what? My kids are on Snapchat. So anyway, that that's great. Yeah, I mean, listen, you should talk about how your friends are using social too, because you know, that impacts you. Well, I mean, it's hard. You can ask how their friends are using it. And you know, hopefully millions of people will hear this podcast and we'll change the world when it comes to parenting and and social media. Yay. But I mean, listen, (laughs) my kids know they can't take anyone's photo or video without permission. To me, that's just to be a common thing. We should know that. All kids should know that. Especially children. Especially Especially children. children. And they should understand that anyone can take a screenshot of anything they text. Mm -hmm. Anything they write, any photo they put up, people can take that and use that however they want to. Well, you know what I always say to my daughter? I always say, and I've been saying this for years and years, I said, never put anything in writing you wouldn't want next to your face on the front page of the New York Times. Fantastic. (laughs) She repeats it back to me. She knows it now. So, you know, when there's been issues with her group of friends having like these big giant group chats and God, we could do a whole episode just about how kids are using texting because I think most parents would be blown away. But they have these big group chats and then people are adding in new people and you don't even know who they are. They're like these phone numbers they don't recognize. And I'm always saying like, make sure you never say one mean thing about anybody. And if you start to see like bullying, harassment, disparagement, just like say, I'm leaving the chat and like take yourself out. You don't want to be associated with it because guilt by association is is a real thing, as our principal will tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as for the other questions you should ask yourself before your kids get on social media, like I was saying, you know, look at what's going on in your kid's life right now. You know, are they having issues with friends? Do you feel like they have a really nice group of respectful friends? Like, not everyone does. And it's not the fault of your kid or the friends. You know, at different age levels, like you're saying, your brain is not fully developed and ready to make great decisions. So that's not a, a negative about your kid. It just means maybe they're not ready. Yeah, and you know what Quinlan always told me about middle school and why I think it was tough for her is that social media has become an activity. Like it is a central bonding moment for kids. And so if it's not an interest for a certain person or people, it's very hard to connect. Quinlan was just like, I'm not really excited about putting photos of myself in a bikini on Instagram. But that was like what everyone was bonding over. So I think understanding that if you're 
kids' friends, like this is a main activity for them. You not letting them on might affect them socially. So how can you help them navigate that? Maybe you need to find other ways for them to interact with other kids. Yes, I, I mean it's a big agree. deal. It's a big deal. And you know we've talked about the Mean Girl stuff before, but um, you know if you read Rosalind Wiseman, Queen Bees and Wannabes, and other you know amazing sociologists and authors who have written about the syndrome, this is boys as well, but I think this particularly applies to girls. That girls that have other interests and passions and goals in life beyond shopping boys, friends, and now social media are much more prepared for life and more equipped to handle conflict. And Ah. so I've seen that some of the girls in my daughter's school, you know, that have issues or are kind of lost or picking on each other, you know, they don't seem to have anything going on in their lives. They're not like in any clubs. They're not taking theater. They're not doing sports. And I said to her, well, what do they do? And she said, well, they shop or, well, they're just on their phones. Yep. And so to your point, I think being on a phone is like a hobby for kids these days. And God, I hate sounding like the old, like, hey, you kids in your phones. But oh, like, I don't care. God, you got to have <laughs> something else in your life besides social media. Like if that's all your kids are doing after school, you maybe you need to take a good look at like, what's their passion? and How do you get them involved with it? Yeah. And you know what, by the way, if it's social and it's texting, sign them up for a creative writing class or something. There's probably ways to take that interest and translate it into something more useful. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and let's be honest, when they're on social media, they're getting something out of it. They're getting approval. They're getting likes. They're getting friends. Like there's something that they're getting out of it. Sure. And that's why they're on it. It's not just a social connection. So look and see what they're getting out of it and how you can meet those needs in other places. You know, even adults get addicted to that kind of stuff. You know, it's great. We put photos of our awesome kids up on Facebook and we love when people like and comment and say how wonderful they are. So we can't expect that our kids are not going to be attracted to that as well. I think that's, we are, that's we are. totally reasonable. I think just a few other questions to ask yourself. Okay. Like, check the social media that they're actually using. Like, what are the terms of service? Is your kid old enough? Like, to your point, you looked at Instagram, you made a conscious choice. Like, okay, she's not quite there, but I'm going to, like, let her do it anyway. I think Instagram is 13. But you know what? Like, Snapchat, I think, is actually it's 18, I think. 16 or 18. It's hot, much higher than you'd think. And here's, like, a teacher saying, like, hey, 11-year-olds, we're all using Snapchat, right? So you should look at that stuff and even go to a site like Cool Mom Tech or Common Sense Media and figure out why those age limits are what they are that might help you make a decision. And then I think, you know, to your point, we should ask ourselves, what are the pros and cons of having the app? So you're right. There are a lot of good things. There's connectivity with friends. There's that social connection. There's that cultural literacy that kids share. Like, I I remember certain kids in, in my school growing up that weren't allowed to watch TV or cartoons. They are fucked up as adults. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Like yep. you talk about like the Brady Bunch or you talk about, you know, Gilligan's Island <laughs> or you talk about Golden Girls or like whatever we were watching. And they can't uh, join in and they feel really like angry about that, that their parents didn't let them have that kind of cultural understanding and literacy that their friends shared and that generationally they feel kind of left out of later. So it's not necessarily horrible to like let your kids do some of the things their their friends are doing. I think that is actually a pro of being on social media if you find the right one for your kid. Yeah, and look, you can use these as teaching moments. What I honestly like about having a smartphone is that it does let you roll out privileges or take them away because it's so easy to restrict everything. Wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. Take them away. <laughs> I love it. It's Look, I'm going to tell no, you I what. Agree. An iPhone is much easier to lock down than an Android phone. I'm going to tell you right now because I tried to do an Android phone. It took me forever. And the iPhone just has restrictions on That's it. That's so true. Word to the mothers and fathers out there. Well, you know, <laughs> iPhones actually have really good parental restrictions. They let you block apps by age group. I think it's like 4 plus, 9 plus, 12 plus, 17 plus. You can do everything. Yeah. You can block the camera. You can block FaceTime. You can block Safari. I mean, yeah, it's, it's they, don't, they don't mess around. Android comes already set up with YouTube and everything else. Right. So then you've got to go through and you actually have to delete the app. Well, also, you it's need really third-party apps if you want to manage their app downloads. So one app you can use is called Secure Teen. Another one is called AppLock. But you do need to look into third-party apps to be able to do what iPhones yes. allow you to do. Yeah. So if anyone's giving you a hard time because you have a kid with an iPhone, just let them know you totally did it because of the safety precautions. Send them to us. We will take care <laughs> of it for you. There are some benefits of that fancy, expensive phone. Although my kids have like the old hand-me-down like 4S that's barely supported. That's good. That's enough. Yeah. All right. So should we just go over a couple other questions? Just, you know, one of the things that we've heard a lot of parents, I don't have one. I don't know if you do, Liz, but you can write out a contract and a plan with kids. I think that's great that you're both on the same page, that you agree to these things and that there are going to be consequences when, you know, they're not followed through. Yeah. And when you write the contract, I mean, it should be things like, you know, when you'll use it, when you can't use it, how you'll use it, what you'll never do, what you will do, um, you know, what the rules are in your household for downloading new apps. And uh, also, I I think it's really important that you stay you that your kids allow you at any time because they're under 18 to check their social media feeds or to even have the passwords and be on them like you like an Instagram feed I can just add a kid's Instagram feed to my own and now it's really easy to toggle between accounts yeah I mean, they've made it easier for us to spy on our children so. <laughs> it's good thank you so Instagram. yeah so anyway when you consider a social media contract that's all the stuff that should be you know in there like really consider the stuff you want your kid to pledge to do or you take away the phone. Yeah, I think it's very smart. In fact, as you're going through all those things, I'm like, damn, I need a, I need a contract. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably faster to do the contract than to like deal with the repercussions of not having gone through it. It right? really is. It really is. I mean, it, you just made me think of all the things that I need to go through. Well, that's so the thing. Thank you for it that. forces you to yeah. be conscious and yes. conscientious yes. and like write down these things. And sometimes when we write them down, didn't we have this whole discussion on the last episode about organization and time management? Yes. One of the most Hello. important things, write everything down. So by having having a contract, it forces you to like make these lists so that you can go, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yes. And then also just like consider what are the other rules you want to have, like in terms of not just passwords, but like you were saying, the kinds of photos and content you can share, like is it yes or no to bathing suit pictures? What if everyone's doing it? There's actually this fascinating article. Did you see this? I think I sent it to you in the New York Times. Yes, it's I read rules that. rules for social media that were created by kids. Awesome. We'll link that up on our page and for it's, sure. Yeah, it's really specific like the, like the kids especially girls find it really complicated and they have these uh kind of unwritten rules like you can post um a picture in a bathing suit but only with other people in the photo or if you're traveling you can post you know one photo but not too many because then it seems like bragging and if you post a photo it shouldn't seem like it's too fancy because then it seems like you're trying to get props for like going somewhere nice with your family so they're really specific kind of rules that kids have created for themselves it will make you long for a simpler time is basically yeah, what happened what? to me those are things we kind of do 
instinctively ourselves as adults, don't you think? I know, but I mean, they're kids. That to me is like, God, again, like I sound like an old lady, but I don't care. I'm just like, I long for a simpler time. Like, I just don't think a 12-year-old needs to be worried about that shit. Like, it's stupid. It really is stupid. Yeah, but you know what? This is the world we're living in, so we might as well talk about it and try to figure out how to help our kids navigate it because it's not going away, although that would be Yeah, well, it also lends itself then to, you know, conversations about body image. I mean, there's just so much that this really opens up. Yeah. Hello, Pandora's box. Another rule, which I think is super important, which we mentioned before, is about how your friends are using it or how you use your friends' accounts. So we often talk to our kids as parents about don't share naked photos, don't sex. You know, they're, they're things that seem so obvious. Like when I talk to parents about social media rules, they go, oh, I always tell my children not to share naked photos. And I thought... Well, I hope you don't just stop there. There's like tons of other rules. So, for example, you want to talk to your kids about not screenshotting and sharing their friends' information. You want to talk to them about if you give your friends a private account that they can uh, join with you, not to share that with other people without your permission. So I think go beyond just what your kid is sharing and also really talk about how they're using it and how their friends should be expected to respect their boundaries. Yeah. You know what? I think a lot of kids nowadays do understand the big like, don't send a naked photo, don't send a sext. And I think we really need to look at how else they're using it. I mean, yes, that's just... That, and look, that, that, that's yeah. not the big issue. Come like, on. Like, yeah, it's like, not. The bigger <laughs> issue is like bullying and all these social conflicts, not like sex rings, okay? Yeah. Let's be honest. It's kind of like the way parents are like terrified of kidnapping so they don't let their kids walk to the school, but like the bigger issue is like some small thing, like how they're using YouTube. So I yeah. think we, we need to like step back from the like big scary fear of, oh God, naked photos and really think about what the real issues are that affect right. our kids because it's generally right. not naked photos. No, not usually. <laughs> Certainly not for 11-year-olds, or I yeah. hope. That's a whole other issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. But, you know, here's another thing, and I think this is really, really good. Maybe this is a good way to close it out. Yes. You know, if you're going to leave a comment or you're going to like or get involved with a friend's social post, the three questions our school tells our kids to ask, and this applies, by the way, to conversations and comments and bullying in general, not just on social media, but before you say something... Ask yourself, one, do you have to say this now or do you have to post this now? And if so, why you? Yeah. Two, is it honest? And three, is it kind? That's good rules for everybody, man, not just kids. Isn't that fantastic? Because I think most things that we write in general on social media are things we say to one another. Maybe they fit two of those, but not three. Yeah. So do you have to post this now? And why you? Is it honest? And is it kind? And if your kids can answer yes to all three of those things, they're probably in great shape. That's awesome. Let's end with that. And, you know, I would love to hear from listeners. You know, we covered a lot of stuff today on the show and I know we have a lot more that we could say about it and I'm sure you guys probably have a lot that you could share too so please hit us up we're spawned at coolmompicks.com you can find us on Twitter at coolmompicks use the hashtag spawned show or go over to Facebook we're also on Instagram we're even on Snapchat because (laughs) we're allowed to be and we use it appropriately well you use it appropriately I am still the parent that is not going to use it until my kid has to (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm an old lady. I'm not You're learning one more social network till I have to. <laughs> but listen, if you would like us to cover more of this topic, because we have a lot more that we can say, let us know. We're happy to do more of something. You know, we can always do less of something, but we're always, we always, <laughs> always would rather hear if you would like more of something. So drop us an email and let us know. So we'll be back with Cool Picks of the Week right after this. Liz, I am so excited to welcome our newest sponsor, Kid Pick. I love them. Well, I should say, my girls love them. I know, you know what? I saw you did a Facebook Live for them recently with your yes. kids opening up their Kid Pick box. It's all like, we've covered services like this before where they send you styled boxes of girls' clothing, but this one looks really good. Yeah, I have to say that I'm really impressed with everything that you get in the box. And it's not just clothes. They actually include footwear and accessories. And it's for girls 3 to 12. The sizes are about 4 to 14. And so what happens is if you go to kidpick.com, they have this questionnaire, right? And so your kids can say what they like, if they like skirts or dresses or shorts or pants. Um, You know, my kids loved the sparkle meter. So like my (laughs) youngest was like, I'm a 10 sparkle meter. My other, my eight-year-old was like, I am a seven or eight sparkle meter. I like this too, because my kids have hit that age where if I recommend something for them, they're not going to like it as much. (laughs) But if they think like some stylist, some fancy place somewhere, send it to them, they're more likely to buy the clothes (laughs) and I won't have to return them. That's an awesome, (laughs) awesome point. And you know what? They get to actually choose outfits that represent their style. And I have to say, they do offer a lot of different choices. So if your girls are, you know, more athletic in style or they like boho or they're more like urban, they have lots of things for kids to choose from. And then the stylist looks at all of those things, looks at their size and picks items for them to get in the mail, which is, of course, one of my kids' favorite things. Who doesn't yeah. love to get awesome clothes and shoes? And the prices are pretty good, right? Yeah. So the thing is, if you decide to keep the entire box, you actually get a 30% discount on the item. So an average box will cost you about $85. That's or good. T- I know. It's $12 an item. I mean, it's crazy because honestly, the quality, wow. I have to say, is really, really good. And you get a week to try on the items in your home and decide whether you're going to keep them or not. That's cheaper than like... I will not name them, but let's say the big mall brand stores that we all know, that $12 (laughs) an item is really good. Some of those mall brand stores that we will not name, um, they've really gone up in cost lately. Have you noticed that? Yes, I have. And what I do like, too, is that if you don't necessarily want to get the box, but you love all the items that they offer, you can actually shop their store. You go to basicsbykidpick.com. That's K-I-D-P-I-K. And I know you love this awesome charity partnership, though, right? As yes. much as I do. So yes. I've been a friend of the Good Plus Foundation, which is kind of a board of advisors. It's formerly known as Baby Buggy. It's Jessica Seinfeld's organization that does amazing work to help young families with new babies and kids in need. Seeing that Kid Pick partners with them and helps girls donate any of the fashion items they get, sending them back in the prepaid envelope awesome. Yeah. So if your girls have something that they might not like as much or like my little Margot, who's so sweet on the Facebook Live said, maybe it's your favorite item and you want to share that with another girl. You can actually use the prepaid envelope, send it away and you're donating to a really good cause. So anyway, if you're interested, go to the website. It's kidpick, K-I-D-P-I-K dot com and check them out. And hey, remember, if you keep that whole box, you get a 30% discount. So I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) I like discounts. (laughs) Who doesn't? I do too. All right. Well, now it's time for... Cool Picks of the Week. 
Cool picks of the week. Liz, do you want to go first? Yeah, I am okay. so excited about this. This is Ooh. like brand new, just okay. out breaking. So oh, awesome. I love that. That's so, my our writer, Georgette Gilmore, always finds some of the coolest stuff on Etsy. She just found a brand new shop out of Nashville that opened this year. I love this so much. It's by a woman named Alexis Lowe's, and it's called Damsel in Success. I'm looking right now. Isn't it's that fun. amazing? Yeah, it's really and fun. And she just sells a bunch of items. It's got like fantastic logo of a fist raised, feminist power. And instead of damsel in distress, it says damsel in success. And I love the shop. I just think that like they're like hats and t-shirts and hoodies. It's very and clever. Things. It's very clever. It I is. like that a and lot. And they look amazing. And there's white hands and there's black hands and there's like purple hands. And anyway, I, I just think this is like a cool shop. And actually, we're putting together a post of some of our favorite uh, feminist shops on Etsy, and I'm sure this will be among them. So check out Damsel in Success, brand new shop. It helps you support a cool small indie maker out of Nashville and cool message. I like it. Well, I have another small business actually, but it's not a, no no t-shirts or hats. This is Letter Folk. And I don't know if you know what that is, Liz. I don't, actually. Oh, okay. Well, great. So it's a lovely small company that makes those black kind of felt-looking boards with the white letters that you've probably seen all over Instagram. Have you seen those? People put funny little sayings. They write funny sayings with the little white letters. Like the stuff you'd see in a diner or something, right? Exactly. Like where they put up the little letters on top of those boards? Yes, exactly. Yes, I so, always wonder where to get those. Well, you can get them from Letter Folk. Wow. There you go. It's a thing. Yeah, I bought one because actually I wanted to start using it on our Instagram page, but I wanted to put it up in our house because they're just really fun, you know, and I kind of feel like a little hipster, a little millennial now that I got my letter board. And you, so are can... you writing like Feed the Dog or are you writing funny things? like Okay, you know, Liz, would I like really ever William say S. Feed Burroughs the Dog? Quotes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, somewhere in between there, Liz, maybe. <laughs> You know, I just wanted a place where we could have, you know, whether we wanted to do the meal plan for the week or I wanted to put some place to tell my children to remember to pick up their coats before I die. That's going to be my epitaph. Just a fun <laughs> little thing in the kitchen. And hey, if it, if I thought of something funny, I could put it on Instagram, I would do it too. But they're really well made. I've never seen them in person. They're actually not a plastic board. It's like a felt. So it's really cool. And it's so easy to use. And my kids which is great. They were using it to spell letters and write things. Um, so it could be even great school practice too I love for it. kids. It's like the hipster Instagram version of the old magnets on the refrigerator. Exactly. So it's called Letter Folk. I bought mine from them. They were back ordered because they're really popular, but they are back in stock. So if you go to letterfolk.com, you can find them. Very cool pick. Thank you so much for sharing that. And hey, thanks to all of our listeners for joining us for another episode of Spawn. Yes. Huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen, who always makes us sound like we're in the same room and not hiding in our own closets in Philadelphia <laughs> and New York. And we love hearing from you. Please leave us a review on iTunes. That actually helps people find our show. I don't know if people know that, but when you guys go and leave us a five-star rating, don't leave us a one-star rating. <laughs> leave us a five-star rating. That actually helps move our show up on iTunes and then people are able to find it. So I know, you know, it can take like a minute or two to hop over to your desktop. Please do it. It really helps. Plus, hey, we all like likes as we found out today. <laughs> from social media so it makes us feel really good we really do we call each other we're like hey we got a new review that's so nice and it makes us feel really good about you and it kind of ensures that Spawn will keep going which we would very much like and we hope yes. you would like that too yes and make sure to subscribe to our show you can do it right now as you're listening and download our episodes thanks so much for listening to Spawn this is Kristen and this is Liz have a great day bye bye